With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Empire. Hello and welcome to my podcast. Do me a favor, subscribe to the John Conn Report wherever you get your podcast. You're watching on YouTube. God bless you. You can, if you're watching us there, hit that like button, hit that subscribe button. You can find us there as part of Empire Media. That's A-M-P-I-R-E. Always much appreciated when you tune in. And if you're watching on YouTube, you can see Sam 48 from the Washington Post is joining me to talk about this debacle. But Sam, I don't know that there's much to say about this game in general, other than the big picture meaning Ev, as always with this team, four and nine. Um, let's start with where do you start with this? Like, I mean, what's your takeaway from this one? I mean, this is it's a wrap, but what's your takeaway? I got two things. First, shout out to all the football sickos who are listening to this God, after I, a 45 to 15 loss. Uh, that those are my people. So I, I appreciate you guys tuning in. Um, those people are why we're employed. <laughs> that's true. Uh, the second thing is, is where I start is Josh Harris saw a pretty embarrassing performance today, but he also saw a blueprint to get better. If you go back to the end of the 2021 season, Miami was an underperforming team with a promising young quarterback and a defensive minded head coach. They fire Brian Flores. They hire Mike McDaniel. And I think it's a lot more complicated for Washington to, to follow that blueprint to success than just finding the next Mike McDaniel. I think that's pretty simplistic. But if you are able to do some of the things that Miami is able to do, whether it's acquiring um, really fast players and elevating them with an, inno an innovative scheme, I think the core of it is Miami went out and they said, we have, a, we have a young, promising quarterback. We need a guy who can elevate him and figure out how to put those pieces around him to elevate him. You're, you're not seeing an offense that is maximizing its pieces right now. And so I think Josh Harris can look at this game and say, how do I do that? And I'm glad you started there because I think it's a great place to start. So thank you for going there first, because when you watch Tyreek Hill and you watch, and this is one of the things I want to watch for this week is how are they using Terry McLaurin? Why is he not, he had no catch today. Why is that? Is it, you know, we can sit here and say, well, you know, maybe he's not AJ Brown. He's still really freaking good. He's still a really good player who was not a part of this game at all and from the, you know, from a production standpoint. So then you watch Miami and you watch on Tyreek Hills. First of all, the first touchdown, it's a, the audible to that play. And then you have, you have a mess up by the two defensive backs. It's they simplified things and they still got it wrong. That's a problem going forward, but it's to Miami's case. Then you look at the second touchdown that he had, um, where they sent him in motion right before the snap. So he gets basically a running start. He can turn up with some sort of momentum going forward. Now he's even harder to cover. He has another one. It's a third down and 12, and they create space for him by sending the running back, Achan, out in motion. So now you're stressing the defensive back. You widen the splits a little bit, and now you're creating a gap for him to get in there. That's what they do. And so they take a guy who's dangerous and they make him more dangerous. And I don't think we've seen that this year out of this offense. 
No, we have not seen the scheme elevate the players and vice versa. And I think a really good example of just the way that you can get complimentary, not football, but complimentary skill players is on the second touchdown, Tua Tagovailoa and, and Tyreek both talked about this in their press conferences. Tyreek was actually in the wrong spot. Right. Because Tua throw Tyreek bends that go route inside. Right. He thinks he's supposed to take it to the middle of the field. Ty, uh, Tua throws it to the outside edge of the numbers. And Tyreek said in his press conference, I thought that Tua messed up, but I went back and I watched the tape and he actually threw it exactly how he was supposed to. And I messed up. And Tyreek, who is an incredibly special player, was able to adjust on the fly and bend back outside and catch that ball. And I think that that's a really perfect example of two guys who are very good at their jobs elevating each other. And I think that's a great point. The funny thing is that what, what Tua said too is, you want to throw it out there because you're expecting safety help inside. <laughs> and thank you for the laugh because there was no safety help inside. Which it's, has been a constant been theme a constant, for Percy Butler as the, correct. As the deep and it, safety. And it's been a problem here. And you have to, that is a major priority for whoever's here next year is to get that part fixed. And, you know, they, they have not done well as a safety group all year. So that was another problem, but you, you're right. And then you see like the one time Terry did have a chance, he wasn't able to pull it in. Now it would have been a tough catch. Yes. But so was that one because you got to adjust. So you're not seeing the elevation of guys from one to another. And sometimes you see with Sam being able to extend plays and you can get things out of that, but you're not seeing this, you know, and I don't want to just put it on, well, the scheme isn't doing this because sometimes you say, well, are they in a position with their talent to also do this? Do you know what I mean? And I, you know, and I, I even look at Dallas's defense, for example. The way they use Micah Parsons is finding a guy who's ultra talented and then making him even more dangerous by the scheme. And I just don't know that we see that. We've seen that enough here. At the end of the 2022 season, I left this press box thinking this team has three problems on offense, quarterback, offensive line, and offensive coordinator. And while I think that each of those groups has had promising showings at, at certain parts, I don't know that they've found including Sam, even though he's played yeah. really well at points. I don't know that they've found the long-term solutions to any of those three. And I think the line is is clearly where you invested the least this yeah. offseason. It's a massive problem, but I'm not willing to put it all on them. Right. And I think that like when you look at today and when you look at Dallas and when you look at a couple other games, they struggle to create in structure. There's Correct. a reason right. that a lot of the best plays of this offense is Sam scrambling and finding a running back, running yeah. up the sideline. Like the big plays have been. It's it's been a it's been a massive problem. And that's been from the New England game on. It's been like that where the a lot of the big plays are all coming off of that. And I, you know, and I, I don't want to put it all on one particular area because when you have the enemy coming in and you've got an inexperienced quarterback plus all these new linemen and the line wasn't very good to begin with. But, you know, when you look at Miami's line, I don't know, they play better as a group, but how much of that is taking a scheme and making them better as well. And so it's just, it's one thing compounds another. And then I think what happens is too, you get like, I mean, that's where a lot of frustration boils over. I, I think that, I think I said this on the preseason pod that we did with, with Maddie P and, and Pete Haley, who we missed dearly. Um, this is a house of cards because if you had a veteran quarterback who you, you knew what you were right. getting, you knew what you could put on him, then that's a different thing for Eric Bieniemy. You know, I think that all of these pieces are trying to figure out what they can handle and what they are Correct. at the same time. And I'm not saying that it's on any of these guys. I'm not saying, you know, it's, it's an indictment on their future, but, but when you stack all of them Correct. together, that's when it becomes a massive problem. Correct. And that's where I, that's where I say, I, 
Because even in the offseason, you say, like, well, I think this and this and this will be better offensively, details, you know, whatever. But when does it coalesce and how long does it take? Because it always takes a long time. Now you're playing really good defenses and you would like to have seen more improvement from this group in general. And I think, you know, even like the motion, like Miami uses it really well. And I love even looking to this game to studying for it before, like really what all you had to do is like, they're playing Miami. Okay. This is a wrap, but you still got to watch the game. And so it's, but I like watching really creative offenses. And I like when you take guys who are really fast waddle and, and, and Hill and, and make them better through that. And I think, you know, is it because they do have a veteran quarterback? I don't know how much they can you put more on him and ask him to do a little bit more because of that. And I don't think it should be overlooked that this is their second year in the system. They, they were good last year. Don't get me wrong, but you've seen the Tyreek's step forward it to another level. They've, they've all taken it to yeah, another correct, level, I right. think. And so I, I think that that's the thing is like Eric Bieniemy could be a very good offensive coordinator and we just might not be able to see it. And I don't think that's, I mean, I don't think it's anyone's fault necessarily, but like, it's, you know, not to keep saying what we've said, but it's just, it's a problem. Yeah, it is a problem. And it's a, you know, it's as much situational as anything else. And and so I, I agree. And it, it's just, when you're looking at going forward though, but I go back to your original point about what you're looking for in a next guy. And I do think that it's that creative mindset. And it's just not about that. Cause you can get guys in who are creative. They may not be good head coaches. I think McDaniel also came in and like they did that and they went out and got Tyreek Hill. And you did have a quarterback who could play your system, but you see like, like this is, I was thinking about this when I, you know, was I'm typing up my story right now as well. Like the Raiders went out and got Devontae Adams, but they, I don't think they had a plan beyond getting Devontae right. Adams. You know, Atlanta has a bunch of great skill players, Drake, uh, Drake London, Kyle Pitts, Bijan Robinson, but they, they bet on a suspect quarterback to elevate that group. Miami had all of the pieces. It was yeah. cohesive. It was holistic. It made sense. And I think that like whoever you bring in has to understand all of those components. Right. And I think it's going to go. And the problem is, will we end the season knowing Who's going to be the guy next year at quarterback? I I don't I think don't we know. can, because, especially because if you end up with a top seven pick and you hire a new GM or a new head coach and they fall in love with Caleb Williams or Drake May or Michael Penix or, or one of those other guys, then I think, and if you feel like, hey, there's a franchise changer, even though we think Sam is very good, mm-hmm. I think you're it's totally defensible to just say, go get that guy. Well, I think if you're, the philosophy usually is if you don't have that elite guy and you have a chance that you think get one, then you go get that one. And it's not even like, I think, I think you could build around Sam if sure. you wanted to, you, are you, if they said, we're going to do that, I'm, I'd say, okay, I get it. And it's, but it's not so much what we think. We also know, like, we don't know what they're going to think. So that's why it's important for me to, for Sam, for it'd be important for Sam to finish well, both you and how to finish well, <laughs> that this to just to make it, you know, clear, what a new coach should do. And I don't know if we'll get that because they're playing really good teams, but they're also not operating at a very good efficiency. I would also say it's important for you to finish strong, but for an extremely veteran writer, I think we know what we're going to get at this point. <laughs> Listen, man, I'm already in Cancun. So. <laughs> but one other point on, on Tua versus Sam, because I do think Tua is a helpful comparison here. I think that Tua is a very good quarterback and a lot of people don't appreciate his strengths enough. I think one of his biggest strengths is is anticipatory throws yes. like his vision and the way that he throws guys open uh, is really impressive. He might not be 
a, a physical specimen or, or a singular talent in terms of a Patrick Mahomes or a Lamar Jackson. But I think that guy's really good at things. But I don't know if if you gave him a max contract and you had to start cutting costs at other positions, could he elevate that team? I'm not sure. I kind of see Sam's potential. I don't know about his potential. Let me not put a ceiling on him. But right now, like my best guess for Sam is he could be that guy. He could elevate a team, but I don't know if you could put him in the, we're going to win because of him every week. Yeah. And I think that's fair. And I would like to see, but again, I think this is where maximizing a guy takes place. And that can be with scheme. It can also be with, you know, obviously we know the line has to be fixed, but you know, again, I look at Tua and we don't, I don't know how good that line is. What I know is they do a really good job of creating instant wins for him. And if you can do that with a guy, then you don't have to have this unbelievable front line. But if you're not doing that, then you better. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I, this is what we're talking about. The person they hire at GM and or head coach has to understand, has to be able to work together to understand what levers do we need to pull and mm-hmm. when and, and what is the thresholds we need to hit for, for you know us to be a successful offense. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The Adventure Park at Sandy Springs Holiday Sale is here. Save 30% or more on climbing and zip lining gift certificates, season passes, axe throwing packages, and more. Our families have enough stuff. This year, give the gift of experience and adventure. With eight different levels, 16 courses, 250 climbing obstacles, and over 4,000 feet of zip lines, there is something for everyone. Visited already this year? The courses evolve with the trees around them so each experience has something new to offer. Named Best Amusement Park in the DMV two years in a row, this is an opportunity you won't want to miss. This is their biggest sale of the year and purchases never expire. While the sale runs until Christmas Day, the earlier you buy, the bigger the savings. The perfect gift for families, coworkers, and friends alike is waiting for you at www.theadventurepark.com slash kind. That's www.theadventurepark.com slash kind. And that's K-E-I-M. Do I really need to ask, did you see any defensive changes? <laughs> Do we have to go down that road? I, I mean, we can. I, the only thing that I, I think <laughs> is worth talking about at this point um, I guess maybe there's two conversations. One, do you resign Cam Curl and at what price? And and two, price. how do you fix the the pass rush? Because they're they're not generating pressure. Obviously, trading away Montez Sweat and Chase Young is going to hurt, but those two guys inside, I don't think are playing, you know, their best football right now either. And so can you bet on them to, you know, play better? Or, you know, what do you do with the edge rusher market? Because obviously. Chicago looked at the edge rusher market this offseason in the draft and free agency and said, hey, we'd rather have that guy on the commanders. Right. And they got him. <laughs> and he's playing pretty well. Yeah. yeah. I mean, because he's a pretty good player. <laughs> and it's that's, it, that's the analysis you come to the John that's right, that's right. But it's but it is funny because at the time you say, okay, that's a really good value for him. And I still think it was good value on that trade. 
But but I will also say, even at the time, you know, like it's going to hurt, but it's good value. They're both things were true, but they're not getting anything from that. And I also, but I also think I go go back to the same thing we're talking about on offense, and I go back to watching like Dallas, watch Minnesota, watch the Giants, and how they maneuver guys around up front to create those one on one situations, not just through cinco, but through other ways to get some movement up front. And I was a little bit, I thought they'd do a little bit. They did have a blitz on one of the touchdowns. I think it was a 60 yard. They did blitz on that one. They had a, they had a game on one of the other ones that um, I think someone had a good rush, but slipped a little bit, but otherwise it was a lot of just four man. Right. And so that's not, they, they, they don't have, they, they didn't, they wasn't working when they had the guys to make it work, let alone when they don't. Yeah. It, it, to me, like the, the, play that summed up the whole game was the the first touchdown where Tyreek Hill has is singled up versus a rookie nickel and like you're going to lose that battle like, like you know it doesn't matter how much you pare down the scheme it doesn't matter what you tweak and you know hopefully for Quan Martin he learns from that because I think that he's going to be a part of this defense going forward and you just got to say damn we got beat 45-15 and, and hopefully the guys like learn something from that and it sounds like they kind of played that one wrong too a little bit where yeah. you've got you know the, you've got to jam him or do something and hey, you you need help over the top and neither thing really happened. And so you made, you took a guy who's a great player and you just made him even better. Um, but again, you know, so I, I think we could kind of keep beating that horse to death, right. That what they do versus what these guys do. And when you have special talent, but I don't think and it's funny because like you hear the question asked, are you guys too talented for this? And I don't like, do you think they're, Wait, wait, wait. What do you mean? In the locker room after the game with, with Washington, you hear people saying, you guys seem to be too talented to be 4-9. Oh, do you, oh, okay. Do you think that's – I mean, how is that an accurate thing to, to say? Or I, It's it tough. It's, are. it's tough because coming into this year, yeah. I felt, you felt, yeah. everybody in the locker room felt, especially on offense, that this was the best team that they had had under Ron Rivera. Yeah. And I think that's kind of inarguable. Like it, it's the most talented, but for a multitude of reasons, I think, you know, it's hard to untangle them, especially because, you know, it, it's like the slow starts did, on defense, particularly early in the year, didn't allow you to play a balanced offense with Sam Howell. And so you're putting a lot on him and then it's, you know, things are spiraling out of control. And then when you, you know, you're, you're just never able to play on the same page, except against Philly. And even then you're falling short. Like, I I think kind of like we're talking about with the offense, like why this team has failed to live up to expectations is really complicated. And that's not a cop right. out. It's no, just that there's a lot of factors. And there's always a lot of factors too. And like, Because I do think they are too talented yeah, to be and, four and nine. And I would say this, like you, we hear this a lot. And sometimes you, you always at the year, you wonder, did we overrate this or that? And I think there's sometimes it's true, but I will say, like, I thought, Part of it too is I thought they worked, they had a good camp as far as how they worked and how they came out of that. And, you know, you thought it'd be better. And, but I did not count on the defense really playing it. And for all the stuff we just talked about offensively, if this defense plays better, they were 500 at worst coming into this game. And that didn't happen. So, you know, I, you can, again, all the offensive talk, that defense really, really failed them in a massive way. And I think they underestimated what they had or overestimated what they had in the secondary. And I did too. Like I thought the secondary would be better and they weren't. And so I think that's part of the problem. The other thing, last thing, Sam, too, in the locker room, we heard you hear the phrase growth and development. I think guys are tired of hearing that phrase. Would you agree? 
Antonio Gibson. Antonio Gibson basically said John it. Allen. And, and John Allen, they both said, you know, those are just, I think Antonio words. Gibson's exact quote was just like, it's just words. Yeah. Just we words. are not putting it on film. We're not showing it on Sundays. And so we can talk about growth and development. We can talk about getting better. And I think the thing that kills them and the thing that's, you know, troubling in the evaluation is there are moments where you see it. It's just never consistent. Correct. And so, yeah, the problem. and so that, yeah, that's, that's the problem is. And even Sam Howell will talk about that. It's the consistency. And cause you do see it. I think that's what gets, would frustrate them. And it would frustrate people watching is like, you saw it here, here, and here, but yet the one play, cause there were, a, the funny thing is, and this will sound stupid. There are a lot of plays defensively. They, Oh, you did that pretty well, but those big plays just kill them because they happen all the time. So it's not like you can, you can't say if you take those away because they happen every game. And they are part of the game, but there are sometimes you see that it's like, you just did it here. It's kind of the same thing to me as Jack Del Rio emphasizing all training camp, start fast, start fast, start fast. Didn't happen. No. So that's why he's fired. Yeah. And that's why I think we're going to see, you know, a major overhaul this offseason. Yep. Absolutely. Sam, tell them where they can find you. On Twitter at SAM, the number four TR, SAM, the number four TR in the Washington Post on WashingtonPost.com, occasionally on the John Kine Report, um, but that's all my bad days. <laughs> all right. It's Christmas season. Somebody just got on the naughty list. Um, Mrs. Fortier, I hope you're paying attention. Wow. she. I, I was on FaceTime with her the other day, and she actually said, what are you doing the podcast? I, I love the shout out. There you go. There you shout go. out, Mrs. Fortier. Anyway. Thanks for tuning in and thanks for Sam for coming on. I'll be back. God bless you folks. I may do a film review Tuesday morning. We're going to see, but there will be a live stream Tuesday night, 730 with Nikki Javala of the Washington Post. So I'll talk to you next time.